This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, Shane Told, and it's so good to have you as I take a journey into the lives of other lead singers. And this guest should need no introduction because he's been here before. Part two, baby. Oh, yeah. With one of my favorites, Garrett Russell of Silent Planet. If you missed the first episode, listen to this first. Then after you've listened to this, go back and check it out because it was a treat before. It's a treat again. He is terrific. And, you know, I always say one of my favorite things about doing these podcasts is how many new friends I've made. You know, a lot of these people I talk to, I don't know them before, you know, I just cold call them on the phone and, you know, we, we hash out their life story practically. Uh, and Garrett was one of those guys. I didn't know that much about Silent Planet. I certainly didn't know much about Garrett himself. Now we've become great friends. Over the last year and a half, we've kept in touch. We spent the entire Warp Tour together this summer. And now I'm, I'm very proud to call him a good friend and, and so glad to have him back on the show. Before we get into that, of course, I want you guys to know you can always get in touch with me if you have anything to say, if you have suggestions for upcoming guests for the show, any creative criticism, you want to tell me I'm doing a great job, a horrible job, whatever you want to do, hit me up, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Also, check us out on all the social medias. We're on Instagram, Twitter. We have a very infrequently updated Facebook page. But I do check all that stuff and I read all my messages and everything on there. I'm not the best at getting back to you, but please send me a message. I definitely will read it. For the record, this podcast will always be free week after week. Don't worry about that. It won't cost you a dime ever. 
Putting up the show every week is the highlight of my week. I love this so much. However, there are costs, you know, associated with with getting this up for you guys every week and, and doing all the stuff. Um, I do pretty much all of it myself. So if you want to help out the show, the best way to do it is to join the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. The best thing about the All Access Club is you get more episodes of this show. We do a monthly bonus episode. Certain tiers get two monthly bonus episodes. We have interaction with me on a Facebook group. We have interaction with other fans of the show. And believe me, so many great friendships have been made. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide. Also, Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise getting shipped to your house every three months. There's a web store exclusive only if you're members of the club. We run contests on there. I also do a monthly Q&A session where I answer your questions. I play some tunes. It really is a good time, and it's as little as $6 a month to join. And that is really what helps this show you know, keep going week after week, enabling me to do it, us to get so many great guests like this week, like last week, like the week before. I really feel like we're on a great run right now, and I'm just so excited for this thing. So if you could spare a couple bucks, I know it's the holiday season. I know, you know, money isn't growing on trees, but if you can just throw six, nine, 25, whatever bucks my way, it really, really does go a long way in keeping this thing going week after week. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Again, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Check it out. Also, shout out to our new sponsor, rockabilia.com. That is rockabilia.com. They are the best in the business. I'm so happy that they're supporting our show. They have over 500,000 unique items over there on their merch store and so much stuff that you just don't see everywhere. You know, not the typical stuff you see at Hot Topic or you see someone wearing around the mall. They have really, really good stuff. Also, everything they have over there is officially licensed, so all the money goes right back to the bands. I love it. You should love it, too. So check it out. They've always got great deals going on over there. Again, that link, rockabilia.com. All right, let's jump in. Here's my conversation with the one and only Garrett Russell of Silent Planet. I say How you doing? Good, dude. I was just about to call you. You beat me. To, you beat me to the punch, dude. Perfect. But we're already recording. I, I literally hit record, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna call my buddy, my buddy Garrett." And then, boom, there you are. It's like some telepathy shit, man. So this is the um uncensored, unfiltered version. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, all the time. I mean, there's no, you know, you know what? For the kids listening. Look, listen to this. Listen to what this is. Cracked a beer. There you go. I'm getting cracking open a cold one. I'm I'm eating pizza because this is my last day in America for the next like four weeks. So I'm I'm gonna enjoy good pizza. Yeah. And, I'm, and I've also got tacos. I kid you not. I asked myself, what are the two things that I really want before um, leaving this nation? <laughs> yes. And I wanted 
good pizza and I wanted uh, authentic tacos. Well, so. those are two things that are very hard to come by in Europe. I mean, pizza's really tough. Like It really is. It, I mean, I don't know how you fuck up pizza, to be honest with you. Oh, but they find a way. They find a way. They find a way, and tacos like don't even don't even bother for the most part. I mean, have you seen it? Ta- I've never. I've, I haven't even seen a taco. Like I haven't even seen the like a food shaped in that. I mean, the closest thing you'll find, obviously, is the is the euro. You know. Well, they have. <laughs> well, they have uh, like burrito shops and stuff. They ha- you know like a ch- like the Chipotle style. You know, that's 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 happening in Europe now, uh, but it's they're never very good. You know, they always find a way to do something to just totally lose the essence of, of what makes, you know, Mexican food great. But you can say that about other parts parts of America, too, that aren't California. Oh, yeah. No, I've had some I've had some truly like atrocious, not even Mexican food, Mexican food in other parts of. Um, yeah. In other parts of this nation that I live in. But yeah. it's, it's one of those weird things where, when you when you grow up in California. I feel like it's kind of like how Americans are with Europe. Like, if you ask an American, like, where Belgium is, it's very unlikely that they will point anywhere near the direction of where Belgium (laughs) is. And I feel like Californians were even worse. Like, because you would ask them, like, where Vermont is, and they would be like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, somewhere over there. So I feel like, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, I kind of have, I mean, I try not to be like a California elitist, but then I get home from tour. And if it's the summer, it was really humid, or if it's the winter, it was really snowy. It's hard to not feel like your state is maybe sometimes slightly superior, to be honest. Yeah, that's, I mean, I got to be honest with you, though. Like, as a guy that's traveled to all over the world, I've probably been to, like, 50 countries uh, (laughs) or something like that. I would say California probably is probably my favorite place and probably the place that I feel most comfortable, which is weird because I'm not from California. But there's just something about it, the weather, the vibe. It's it's open, it's clean, it's new, you know. Like for the most part, it's it's pretty safe, you know. Uh, so I get I get I get why a Californian would feel like that, even more so than I do. I'm from Canada. It doesn't make sense, but for some reason, <laughs> California really does have have that vibe to it. Well, you know, it's funny you said you feel comfortable in California because um, your set. Uh, was was the last show of this warp tour that yeah. we were both on same stage and all yeah. or uh, uh, opposite sides but same same yeah same, same. general uh, mutant as they said the, the energy soda of <laughs> super mutant. soda mutant super, <laughs> super soda, soda energy stage by monster they like yeah if you're, they... if you're listening to this just know that the only way that Shane's able to hit those notes is he chugs a gallon of it before he gets on stage. That's a fact. You can, you can take that to the bank. Well, um, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Well, sorry. But yeah, I was just saying, sorry. Uh, so the, the last show was a home show for us. And, uh, but your crowd was bigger than anyone's. Like it was cause you played right before us. And, yeah. and like, luckily because it was a home show, unlike some of the days where it's like Silverstein plays before Silent Planet and it's like the walkout is so much that we feel like embarrassed. You know, like our, our, our <laughs> crowd was probably, you know, was around your size because, but and you had this huge crowd and you were playing during Knocked Loose, who was, you know, the most like probably hyped up band yeah. of the whole fest. And, um, I don't know if you knew that, but you were playing during Knocked Loose because I was like watching it, and they had a huge crowd too because Californians like you know loves just a good hardcore band. But um, yeah, your crowd was nuts. It was really really cool. And I remember you got on stage and you said like you know our first sold out show was here, 
um, I think, right? Yeah, we, we've just always done well in California. I don't know what it is. Um, we just always have. I mean, I think like most bands do do well in California. It's rare that someone's like, oh, God, Southern California, get me out of here. The shows suck. Like no one's ever said that. You know, and, and again, you say it's like it was Pomona and it was the only, you know, well, other than San Diego, the only Southern California date of Warp Tour. Yeah. And there was a lot of people there. So, I mean, we, we did it. It was definitely our best one. And we've just always done well there. And I'm not really sure exactly why, but, you know, we, we just kept coming back. And every time we were there, we were excited and in a good mood. And the show went well. And every time we came back, more and more people came. You know, and and like yeah, just you know, next had a year, good energy, and you just kind of kept it going. Yeah, and next year we're we're uh, playing at the, you know, the new House of Blues headlining there in Anaheim, which is like oh the new one. Yeah, but it's it's still it's still like downtown Disney, right? Uh it's it, it isn't exactly. It's kind of around the corner. Like it isn't. Okay. I don't think it's affiliated with Disneyland at all anymore. But okay. It's, it's very close. Like it's right at you know almost the same. Like it's like one block over. Yeah, um, I did a solo show there in the small room, so I, I had they gave me a little tour. I mean, it's beautiful. I don't know if you've been there yet, but it's it's no, it's huge. The stage is huge, but like it's just it's very well thought out, you know, because they built it. They built it just for for to be a house of blues. Like it isn't that makes sense. Yeah, so, so it's, it's really a little really bit good. bigger because I remember the downtown Disney one was uh, probably a bit smaller than maybe the average house of blues. Yeah, probably a little bit. No, this one's this one is bigger, definitely. I'm not sure what the capacity is, but it's it's considerably bigger. Like it's probably like fifty percent bigger or something like that. Dude, we we so. they used to do these free shows for local bands there uh, at the at the House of Blues on like Sunday nights. Uh, my buddy Ben uh, with Pirate uh, was his production group, and, and they would get to like throw shows. And so uh, it was cool because you know when you're a local band, everyone's always trying to get you to pre-sale tickets and stuff. <laughs> no joke. I'm next. To, yeah, you, you, I'm at Absolute Merch right now. You know, they. Uh, I know you know those guys. Yeah. And no, Noah was one of. He's he's right over here in the warehouse. And oh, you're there right now. Who, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah Tell Noah right I said what's up. Uh, he says what's up. Um, and and he's one of those guys who is just Noah and Athena. Athena's from Australia. So yeah, we I know Athena too. Hard time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know. Her. Yeah. So she's. Uh, we always give her a hard time about being from the the prison colony. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, it was just funny because I'm dying to go to Australia on tour, and we're trying to work on that. And uh, obviously, uh, you you guys are there often killing it. But uh, yeah, so we, we used to always play these Sunday night House of Blues uh, shows, and uh, we didn't have to pre-sale, and it was so crazy getting to like play on a stage that big. And like people would come out because like the, the drinks were like cheaper, and the show was free. And anyways, that's like a that'll always be a pretty huge memory for us. So good spot. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool that they that they do that, and I'm a little actually kind of surprised. But yeah, I am too. I think it's just maybe they were having slow Sundays, you know, and like people weren't booking them. So it was probably like a summer thing. Also, yeah. you know, another thing that they do at House of Blues on Sundays is the gospel brunch, right? And I remember a couple times we've played House of Blues on Sundays and various, maybe not Anaheim, but other ones, and uh, it's always a pain in the ass because they have the brunch and you can't load in until it's done you know and you have to wait so maybe that's something to do with that if they had that well, you know? that's true yeah other like agents were like i'm not letting my band deal with your stupid brunch so they're cool we'll throw local bands on it so yeah lo and it, behold it, silent it, planet we got to feel like enough. rock stars yeah <laughs> no it's funny and um you, you talked about warp tour i know yes. you know you guys did it well this this past summer that just happened and you guys did it the year before um 
and it was a big jump for you guys, basically going up to you know the the monster stage, which is pretty much the main stage. How was that for you guys transitioning? You know, just uh, you know your second record comes out, and uh, you know here you are, uh, you know one of the you know at least at least average, if not bigger than average, bands on the tour. Yeah, it was it was really uh, it was a really crazy experience getting to play next to these bands that you know I knew of and you know would dream of touring with uh, when I was starting the band back in like 2009. And uh, you know it's like the Acacia strains up there and Stick to Your Guns, who I was listening to you know back in high school, like in 07. Yeah, I uh, was 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 playing, and obviously you guys have been listening to you since. Uh, uh, before I, at least yeah discovering the waterfront so just so many so many bands it's just like you know we've it, it was really wild to be up there and, and kind of i guess part of some of the uh, the new wave of bands you know i guess there's like silar and too close to touch and mm-hmm. some other younger bands uh i mean and then we were all able to like be on the same stage as guar which was crazy for every <laughs> yeah. band and as well as uh candiria who was probably the most unknown and most talented band on that tour this year <laughs> uh, oh t- definitely yeah and that's a band most people had never heard of even guys mm-hmm. in my band hadn't heard of them i was surprised because i i remember them from when i was in high school and yeah you're absolutely right they were and they yeah they were definitely one of the bands that were what you know there weren't a lot of people watching them every day which which you know it can happen on warp tour and it's kind of a shame yeah you know it, it's definitely and I, I think I, they were such cool guys. They were very humble about it. And just like, yeah. I mean, this is a band that took, I, I believe, like Lamb of God on their first tour or something. And just I like, believe it. Yeah. you know, they, they are like, if you're going to understand how metalcore came to be, and especially the more intelligent flavors of metalcore, like that's kind of the band to be looking at, you know? So oh, I agree 100%. Pretty crazy. I mean, and, and let's not forget Hatebreed. I mean, Hatebreed. Oh, of course. And, and yeah. your Hatebreed ripoff shirt was really funny. Talk about that. <laughs> Um, because I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, I hope like I, I they're just taking the piss." Like I know, I know that, but I don't know if uh, if like I'm sure you didn't ask Hatebreed, but I guess you were tight enough with Hatebreed to do that, knowing you, you know, know no one was gonna get like pissed at you. Yeah, it was really, really last minute. Like I, I don't fully remember how it happened. I, I, I know that you know they had to shoot for every warp tour, and it's really cool. It always said, "I survived." the hate breed mosh pit and fill in the blank city yeah, and then it would have like here, a little yeah. icon yeah you know so for milwaukee it was a mill and you know just like different cities had different little icons and so i, I think i was just thinking about oh i wonder what they're gonna do for california and it was like well the last day of the tour was also our home show and we often like to do exclusive exclusive merch especially yeah. for home shows yeah and so we thought like oh well, we'll just make a small run of these and uh we were stoked because uh um, a, a few of the different dudes from Hatebreed actually like grabbed the shirt and then they like re- they retweeted the shirt and stuff. So that's when we were like, we were kind of holding our breath. We're like, we really don't want to seem like we're like, you know, trying to mess with these legends. We just wanted to, it, cause it was kind of making fun of ourselves Cause it said, I cried, you know, in the silent planet yeah, mosh pit. Totally. And it was just kind of the joke of, you know, we are definitely not the heaviest or the scariest or the most credible band, uh, you know, and, and it's kind of this joke among our, our listeners that there's a better chance that you'll like cry because like of some emotional heartstring that that was strong more so than like, you know, you, you got hit in the face and you need to go to the hospital. So, um, you know, that was definitely, it was kind of just poking fun at ourselves, but yeah, that was, uh, 
I'm stoked you saw that. I wasn't even sure if, how many people saw it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually what happened was I was doing a podcast, recording it with Jamie Josta, you know, oh, okay. singer of Hatebreed. We're yeah, outside. Yeah. We, was, we did it early in the morning because Josta's a busy guy. I'm a pretty busy guy, but Josta's a really busy guy. So we found like time. I want to say we did it at like 10 in the morning mm-hmm. and we were out behind his trailer and somebody came walking by with the shirt on and he hadn't seen it yet. I think, and we were in the middle of recording, and uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh," but he like I could tell he thought it was like thought it was cool, um, and not he wasn't like, you know, he didn't care. And you guys are on the same stage, so I figured by by the time you spend a whole summer, you know, uh, with somebody, it's like it, it doesn't even matter where you come from or what your beliefs are or how old you are. Everyone just seems to come together on Warped Tour on the same stage, and you guys, oh, yeah. you know, becoming buddies with Hatebreed. We became huge friends, like great friends with Guar. Well, yeah, I was about to say, you know, he he came up and killed one of your band members. Yeah, on yeah, stage he killed, and, and then started to shred. Exactly, and then just just uh, two weeks ago, I had I had Blothar the Berserker on the show. <laughs> we had a great talk, and then I went to see Guar in Toronto. You know, and they hooked up the VIP. the The people at the door said I was the only person that had like a backstage pass, just me. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh! You know what I mean? So it's like it's cool <laughs> how you make you make very unexpected friends because when I was like you know in high school and you know I never saw Guar in high school or anything like that, but I knew who they were certainly. Totally. Uh, I would have never thought I would be friends with them like that. You know, so totally music and music can really bring you know, odd friendships together. But I think that's also something to be said for the warp tour too. You know, it's funny. It's funny how you said about, you know, knowing about Guar Cause I found out about Guar listening to a podcast or an interview, probably not so different than this with uh, Jeremy uh, from the devil Prada. And they asked him about, it was either a fest. I don't know if it was warp tour, but it was some fest. And he's talking about like hanging out with the Guar guys and how that was like a childhood dream. And so <laughs> I was the younger kid who, and I, I like was listening to the Devil's Prada. And so I was like, Oh, like who is this band? That's like legendary. And then I looked him up and my mind was obviously blown and saw, you know, alien sperm and everything. And it was just right. wild. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of a kind band. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, you guys just speaking of the Devil's Prada and Jeremy's a good friend of mine. Yeah, you, you guys were just out with them, we um, were. and that's you know a, a big tour. Uh, you guys have decent billing on that. How was yeah. that for you guys? And and I mean, how does it feel when you play with a band that you know you kind of looked up to and listened to when you were younger? Oh man, you know it's like two of the four of us have definitely had followed the band a lot. Uh, you know, um, and. The, the other guys like him too, but I think uh, Thomas and, and myself, both of us that do like vocals in the band, uh, had followed them for such a long time. And then it was funny to get on tour with them. And then the joke started to be how similar we looked because I guess Mike and I have similar colored hair and we're also, we're just kind of like, you know, weird nerd guides. And then like, <laughs> and then like J- uh, Jeremy and Thomas, our bassist, on stage, like when the lights are behind them and you just kind of see the silhouette, they, they honestly look identical. Like completely identical. Right. I don't know if you've thought about that, but no, it's no. really, really funny um, to like watch because uh, people were mistaking them the whole tour. You know, people were like, "Oh, hey, Jeremy," you know, and then Thomas just starts to kind of go with it. But it was uh, it was really this funny thing to uh, you know be on this tour with this band that we've been following for so long, and uh, yeah, just uh, kind of picking up wisdom from them, and they were really, really. Uh, hospitable to us i mean it's cool because we've never toured with a band like a headliners who were dicks to be honest like you hear about those horror stories 
Yeah. But like the whole time you're just treated like you're completely lucky to even be in the same venue as a band. But um, that, that's never happened who to are you us, gonna out? Who, who are you outing now? <laughs> that, <laughs> it's, it's right. the, everyone's getting outed. Who are you going to out, right? <laughs> oh, trust me. It's funny. Jesus. I always I, – I, it's, it's like if I ever toured with a band that was like super uncool, like I would totally just say like, hey, those guys are uncool. Of course, I, I'm definitely not inclined to be like, oh, I heard these guys weren't cool because, you know, it's the, how stuff comes from the grapevine. It's yeah, often, sure, oftentimes sure. you can't trust it. But, and oftentimes yeah. it's wrong. I, I've toured with, with bands and, and met people that people I've heard things about and I've – but on tour with them for months and months and been like, what the hell is that guy talking about? You know? Oh, totally. It's funny. You know, I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, forms of like, Hey, you know, name band guy, like the nicest. I saw, I literally saw a form. I kid you not on Facebook and I don't know how it came. I think I came across it cause someone tagged me in it. And I think I was on the nice side, but they were like, Hey, like who's the nicest and who's the meanest person you've ever met. And you know, people were just like, Oh, you know, this guy was really cool, but this guy, he wouldn't sign my thing. And, you know, I, I think most folks have the maturity to think that you never, it's always possible that you meet someone in their worst moment. And I think most folks are aware of that, especially people who have, you know, live life long enough to have really good days and really bad days. But sometimes you do meet people who are like, oh, I met this guy from this band and like he wouldn't give me the time of day. And I was reading this forum thinking like, yeah, some of these people are really good people. And it's, it's really a shame that you're yeah. kind of slandering them right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I read, it's funny though, that happened to me once. I was reading some, yeah, some message board or something and someone had written, a, wrote a little story about me and how I was an asshole to them. And you know what's funny? Oh, wow. You know what's funny? It was true. And it was one of like, a handful of times that I was something, you know, I had like bad day, whatever. And I remembered it. I remembered that whole situation, what happened, what I did feeling like, like was a misunderstanding and, and like feeling bad about it when I left. And sure enough, like, like years, let it go. <laughs> years later, this is like six or seven years later. I read this yeah. and was like, I was a dick. That's like, and that was, and I was like, fuck, like, I was probably a dick to a fan like three times ever, you know, and that was one of them. And there it is. So, you know, it really, it really goes to show you, you know, like what's the hell's angels motto. When we do bad, everyone remembers when we do good, everyone forgets, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> that is a very cynical model, but you know, well, Hey, I, it's the hell's angels, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, it's, huh. it's, you know, but did, did it is, you write that guy. Did you, did you say, Hey, you know, it's me. Like I remember what you're talking about. Or did you I, just kind of? I, I leave it? did. Yeah, I did. I. I uh, this is so long ago now. I can't remember if it was Facebook or, or how I did, or if I just wrote a wrote a reply. But I I did write something. And uh, you know, just 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 say like, hey, I remember that, and like, I'm sorry, and I, you know, you kind of caught me at a, on a bad day, and that does happen. To me, it's rare, but I know I'm a pretty even keeled guy, and I don't have a, like a lot of highs and lows. You know, I know you suffer from, you know, some... Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, bipolar. Bipolar, right? So there yeah. must be times when you're just like in no way, shape, or form in a position to be able to, you know, have that, you know, give that fan that experience that they might want. But I'll tell you, yeah. every time, everything I've had to deal with you, you've always been just the biggest sweetheart, so... <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. And it's, it's funny. I mean, your ability to look at someone on the internet, you know slandering you for the masses you know and then still be able to like say you're sorry i i feel like that person would have to want to hate you to think you're a bad person at that point because i think the gut reaction would be like screw you you have no idea what it's like to tour 
you know, you have, you, to, you know, to kind of more like defend your own. No, uh, but but experience. not not for me because I, I felt like when it happened, and you know, and then the person was kind of gone, and I was like, ah, shit, like I shouldn't have, you know what I mean? I realized like it was a bit of a misunderstanding as well, but yeah. like, um, but but I, you know, I wish that I, I had. So I, I, you know, right when that came back, and I hadn't thought about it in, in years and years and years, but right when it came back, I thought about it, and then I and I said to myself, well, there's a couple things, things, you know, m- moving parts here. The first is this person that I like want to make amends with because I I just want don't want them to think I'm a prick. Second is totally. all the other people that are reading this. And third is all the people that that person has told over the years about me, which is probably a few. You know uh, yeah, what I, I mean? mean? If, if they're voluntarily just hopping up on Facebook and, you know, get, giving people a spark notes of, of you being mean, like they probably like that story, unfortunately. Yeah. But you've, you you, know? have you had any run-ins with, with anyone else in any bands? Like like you said that, I mean, I, I mean, there's been times in, in, you know, my career opening for bands where we haven't been treated the best, but... Um, Anything that real, anyone that really rubbed you the wrong way? You know, not not that I've experienced as like a whole band thing. I've definitely met. I, I think it's more common for me to meet folks in the music industry. You know, I, I started managing a couple bands. Uh, I guess I'll give them a plug. A band called Dayseeker, um, yeah. really incredible band from yeah. um, from Orange County. Shout out to Rory. Comrades. Yep, shout out to Rory. Yeah, and a band called Comrades, They're like a three piece family band. Uh, husband, wife. They've been touring like nonstop since 2008 um incredible kind of like fall of troy vibe uh vocals are quite a bit different than fall of troy but awesome band and so like and, and so anyways i i've kind of started to you know uh try my hand at the music industry thing a little bit you know and um i've definitely i i've I, i've met my favorite folks through that who i think uh will only kind of have the time of day for someone who they think you know uh is really going to affect them in any like capacity that's going to be, you know, like relevant. And so those I've had, I've had more of run-ins than honestly, uh, with band, uh, not with band guys, but with kind of industry folks who just don't really have the time of day. Cause you're just like clearly like a band dude. I think also some people might feel kind of annoyed with band guys. Like, Hey, why are you trying to sell step into our realm here? Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to bring up. Yeah. But I, so I would argue, I would that. argue that almost every manager, I mean, a lot of managers, and they're usually they're usually older guys that were in a band at some point, and then they're you know true. then they moved on them, into yeah. management. A lot, a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's very true. I mean, a lot of times, yeah, it's like they were the really smart guys in their band, who, yeah. you know, uh, like were more or less managing their band to some capacity, and then kind of applied what they learned there, yeah, into other into other realms. And it, it's it's possible that you get jaded. It's I think too. Once you're a manager, probably who holds all the cards, you probably get solicited for so many favors that it's hard to just believe that someone like genuinely is like trying to talk. So maybe that could be uh, a difficult part of that. But yeah, it's you know all in all, the, the industry is pretty humble. You know, like Kevin Lyman who runs Warped Tour and has done so for so long. I, I had a meeting with him and he had me over to his house and all of a sudden was like uh, cooking us food. And yeah. was like, you know, giving me the whole tour and the rundown and advice. And it was just like, you know, on a level of like genuine. And Kevin's, in, that Kevin's incredible. You see. Kevin yeah. is incredible. And uh, he's been on the show. He's, he's one of the only people that's not a lead singer to be on the show, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and, and I have utmost respect for Kevin. And, you know, I've always been like, 
He's an interesting guy because he's he's very um, like he always wants to give people second chances, sometimes to a fault. And he, yeah, he wants totally. to help. He wants to help out everyone he can, and he really genuinely does. But he's not like a schmoozer, really. Like you know, no, he, he's, he's kind of like <laughs> he's kind of quiet. Like I forget who it was at Warp Tour that I was talking to. This is years ago. Uh, one of the the girls that used to do publicity, and she said something to me like, "Yeah, I've worked for I've worked for Kevin Lyman for for three years, and like we've probably had like maybe ten conversations." You know, and the rest of the time it's just he's, she's just been like, uh, yeah. So like, I'm thinking this. He'd be like, yep, cool. That's that sounds good. You know what I mean? Totally. And he, he really like believes and trusts in the people that he hires, and and he trusts in the bands that come out, and and he's, you know, he really is amazing. But but the fact that you know he had you over and cooked you food and everything, I totally believe that because he really is. He really is like is that way. Oh yeah, completely. And it's 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 really, you know, for someone who holds you know, more cards than uh, maybe anyone in the genre, because obviously like I, I, if, if you're in a business sense, talking about bands who play like uh, the genre of music we play, a lot of people just call it warp tour world, you know, or warp mm-hmm. tour music because it's like, <laughs> the, the most concise way to say like, Oh yeah, like these bands play warp tour and that's where they succeed. And like warp tour became the circuit by which like the, the genre kind of had like definable boundaries almost, you know? And obviously he kept that pretty open because Eminem's been on it. And, and Katy Perry's been on it. Um, and uh, Well, the smartest problem, thing he yeah. ever did was not pigeonhole it into a punk rock tour. Because, yeah, exactly. because you know, that, that, you know, and I know you know it well growing up in California, you know, this, this Southern California skate punk, you know, no effects, bad religion stuff, it, it, it's gone in waves of popularity. And there's yep. no way the tour would be running, you know, coming into its 24th year if, if, if he'd continually, you know, just put bands on Epitaph and Fat Records on the tour. So, you know, him branching out to other kinds of music was was very smart. And, of course, people will argue that they always had hip-hop and they always had, you know, bands like Helmet and stuff like that. But, you know, him going into metal, going into metalcore, uh, having all that style of music on the tour and now it's so prevalent was very, very smart of him, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially the 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 slightly heavier music whether it's you know silverstein that has like a lot of active rock influences all the way to the acacia strain you know playing like insanely heavy dark stuff that's yeah. like really awesome and people are like moshing like crazy like those all all of those bands have been given such a platform th- through that tour yeah, you know you're and, right um it's yeah it's 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 anyways i guess to sum up where we're going with that like really humble dude and definitely um, showed me that, you know, on any level, like you really can't judge someone based on where they're at as far as how they're going to treat you. Because Kevin was the most humble and the most like willing to give advice and to just be patient with me as I might kind of formulate ideas as a manager of like (laughs) almost anyone in the industry. And and, uh, he obviously could have just been like, you know, get out. (laughs) Well, Kevin sees uh, value. It's cool to know that Kevin sees value in people. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that's like I said about him changing the style of music on the tour. He's a guy that, that understands uh, that, you know, young people know things that he might not know. And he, he's, he's like, he's a listener. He's a quiet guy. People don't understand that Kevin Lyman, if he's in a room with a bunch of people, he's not taking over, conversations no nope. you know he'll no, sit he'll sit back and listen but 
you know, with you and, and you know, getting into the business side of things, I, I found that a little interesting because, you know, when we spoke like a year and a half ago, you know, I know that you are, you know, you know, you, you kind of run the ship in Silent Planet, but you're also a guy that's, you know, a scholar, um, you know, you read a lot of books, you're artistic in that way. Um, and typically that kind of personality isn't the kind of person that's like business minded and, you know, I know you're like super on top of your merch and you're, you know, not just, not just design <laughs> artistic wise, but like the you numbers and the raw data, <laughs> you, you, but, but that, that's kind of rare because, you know, you seem to have equal parts left brain and, and kind of the mathematical, uh, side to you. And, and now, I mean, you're taking that into music management, which is a great skill, but something, you know, a guy that's, that's quoting like you know, ancient literature, you wouldn't put those, those kind of things together. I think, you know, I think that comes from, and that's very kind of you to say, and I, I think that whatever side of, I guess, you know, left brain, right brain switching I have going on inside of my uh, sometimes imbalanced brain uh, is probably possible because, uh, you know, there's this, I hope I didn't say this in the last interview and I'm not going to get redundant. It's okay. But, uh, it's been long enough. I, I don't know. Yeah. Go, go, okay, everybody, go back and listen to the first one and then come resume here. <laughs> There's this uh, book, um, and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to blank on the name. I haven't read it in years, but this guy proposed that humans, instead of being called homo sapiens, which means thinking beings or wise beings, he said, what if you called them homo uh, liturgus? Uh, and what he said it basically would mean is uh, – we are loving beings and we are like practicing beings. And, uh, you know, that's where we get the word liturgy from. Uh, but the, the, what he was kind of getting at is that like, we're, we're so defined by what we love and who we love and how we love. And like, because the problem with homo sapiens is to say, okay, well, so somebody with maybe a diminished intellectual capacity, are they less of a human? You know, cause if we're thinking beings or we're wise beings, right. if someone, if someone's intellectually you know, diminished are they less of humans? And hopefully, unless if you're Nazi, you say no to that. Um, you know, because uh, we, I don't think that someone's, you know, less of a person because they're not, uh, you know, they were born uh, and dealt a different hand. Um, and so he said, like, what if we defined people? And of course, Marx defined people by homo favor. He said, uh, we are the work of our hands. And that's where, you know, the Communist Manifesto came from because right. he said, like, in, in the, in cap, in the capitalist societies, people are being alienated from their work. Like, sure, people are getting paid well by the Henry Ford, but like, is it really fulfilling to just put it like just to be the guy who puts the tire on, you know, on the car? Yeah. Or like, are, are are we meant to like aspire to create something like autonomous? And so um, that was uh, th- that you know th- that always kind of had my attention. But there's a lot of obvious problems with communism. I'm definitely not sure if you're listening to this. I'm not saying hey, communism, but. Um, I always thought that was an interesting. I've always, I've always thought Marx had a lot to say, just as a philosopher of human nature. Um, so many people obviously get caught up in his political philosophy, but as, as, as if you look at him as a philosopher of human nature, and so that kind of had my attention. And then I read this guy, um, a spiritual guy, and he was saying that we are, we are who we love and how we love, and so that's why I started calling our our, our audience lovers instead of, I guess, like <laughs> fans or like. You know, planeteers, that would be kind of fun. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, call them lovers because I think like, one, I want to be someone who, who like loves these people and doesn't just like see them as a target audience to buy our album. And, and, and second, like 
besides wanting to develop a relationship, I want people to see themselves in that light that like they're defined by how they love and what they love. And so this is a long winded way of saying, I think I got into the numbers because I loved silent planet so much. And I loved, like, I believed in what we were doing as a band and I, I had to do it cause uh, no, I don't think anyone else was going to do it. Um, and so I started figuring out merch. And so it's like, okay, well, how do I figure out merch? I look at the bands who are good at merch being as an ocean hundreds, like those bands just like, were like, blowing my mind with what they would do with merch or, or you look outside of the genre too, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it's like, okay, well, you know, uh, you just kind of start to like really, uh, you know, look at people who are good at that because I, I, w- I wasn't good at that. And I just kind of had to develop that sort of business brain. And now that I've started it, it just didn't turn off. And so uh, right. I'm a pretty big believer that young people should challenge themselves and try things that they don't like at first. Right. Because especially while your brain is still growing, there's still a chance for you to become someone who loves that and, and to really expand, I think, your personhood because you expand your interests and, and your passions, you know. And so uh, I was actually talking to a 19-year-old man uh, on our tour in Houston. Uh, and he's a good friend of mine. And he was telling me, you know, I, I just kind of feel stuck in these different ways. Uh, and I, I'm serving and, and I just don't know if I can go to college. And I'm just like, I know this sounds reckless, but I think you, you like, what are you passionate about? Because you're 19, like your brain is growing. So like you should really feed it right now because eventually you'll be the age that we are right here. And, and if, you know, our brains are done. You know, the plasticity is much less. And, uh, you know, we're kind of locked in with our, our, our crappy selves at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, anyway, sorry, long-winded yeah. answer. But we're lovers, and because I love something, it made me love other things. Kind of like the dad who, like, you know, learns how to be a ballerina because that's what his daughter wants to do, you know. Right. Um, I guess that was kind of me with business. I, I, I loved the band, and I believed in it, so I had to start caring about business stuff because – very few bands are ever just handed immediate success. And I know that you know that more than anyone. So, well, yeah, yeah of course uh, that's, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Like the, uh, that's, that's a, a interesting, like sort of almost, I don't want to say conflicting ideas. Cause that's, that's the wrong way to phrase it, but you're, you're taking these people that you love, you actually literally love them. And they are the reason that you're able to do what you do by them supporting you. Mm-hmm. Then you're running the numbers and figuring out how much how you can extract as much money possible from them. <laughs> Dude, you, Do you know, know what I funny. mean? Like, like oh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm being I'm playing devil's advocate. I, I don't really mean that you do that. You're analyzing well, numbers. How can I get every penny? Like, that's that's obviously not your approach. But it, it is sort of. I mean, you want to understand how you can. This is a band that that didn't have a bus on Warp Tour or a, like you were in a van on Warp yep. Tour. <laughs> so you're obviously yep. very you know, uh, you, you're almost giving back to the fans in that way because you can, hey, we'll, we'll cut our shirts down a few bucks, but we're going to ride in a van. So you, you make sacrifices. So I, yeah, I, I, and I, I absolutely understand those sacrifices, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's never going to be perfect, you know? No, it won't. And it's, it's funny, you know, it's funny because I, I obviously just mentioned the, uh, the, the intellectual founder of communism. Um, and what I'm about <laughs> to say is all very capitalist, but... I, my, my dad used to always say to me, you know, like he, he's definitely a, uh, on, on the more right wing as far as economically goes. Uh, he's a libertarian. Right. And my dad used to say to me, he's like, you know, the problem with a lot of people re- see the market as something finite that like, you know, that wealth, there's a certain amount of wealth in, in like, and in, in, of course, like there's in, in the in the current moment, there's a certain amount of wealth because we're finite beings on a planet. And so to a degree, it's going to be finite. But he would say like, you know, 
we can like as humans, we can all like everyone can work hard and can expand and create wealth for everyone. And and that really always got me. And I, I think, you know, to apply that to like where the band has been at, if I can succeed in a business way, I can give back more. And so like we were able to um well what we do now is we we um charge uh, an extra five dollars for our shirt that says heal us that we've had for like four years and then we take that five dollars and we just apply it to different uh needs that we see right. and, and 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 you know as, as much as there is the uh kind of donald trump figures who from what i understand a lot of the time when, when donald said he's going to give he doesn't um, it seems mm-hmm. to be what seems to be what journalists are fine finding at least but there are also the bill and melinda gates you know who are uh like giving away like uh probably it's going to be tr- almost trillions of dollars by the end of their lives you yeah. know um yeah. and people that um uh you know that do so much good and, and, and my my dad modeled that for me you know growing up being and, and so i think the, i would love to see obviously the band grow because i don't think because you know the, the bible uh, people always say like money is the root of all evil but the verse actually says the love of money is the root of all evil and so I, I think, um, once again, if you see someone as a lover, if you're a money lover, then I think you will commit evil once you get your money. But I think if you're a people lover, then money can be a tool, you know? Absolutely. Well, I mean, you guys are the kings of uh, hustling on tour, getting free stuff <laughs> everywhere you go. You've told me a couple of your secrets, but... Uh, Calling for the free food. Did I tell you the casino trick? You told me? Yeah. Well, tell the people about the casino trick. I, lo- I love that story. So it's so funny. Uh, my, my mom once like saw me when we first started doing this, like posting Twitter pictures in casinos. And she was like, You're, oh, my gosh, first, you know, my son's in a punk, a punk band and now he's gambling. Like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like, you know, what a degenerate. And, and uh, you know, I, I kind of joke. She's, she's obviously been very supportive. But, she, you know, people were asking me, why are you in a casino? So we aren't gambling. What we're doing is hustling. Uh, and it's, it's pretty it's pretty low level, but it, it, it really works. It's intended. It's like a life hack that's meant for touring bands. Because you're the if there's a casino, are there casinos where you live in Canada? Oh yeah, okay, oh, yeah. okay. Because I don't know if you know, America is very it's very de- dependent on the state and very dependent if it's if it's native uh, territory or not. Yeah. Um. But um. So so what we do is we we call ahead at the casinos and we ask them if they have a players club. Uh, the reason you call ahead obviously is you don't want to waste your time pulling over and getting everyone out of the van only to get rejected. But um, we ask them if they have a players club. And um, typically they do, and typically the rewards will either be like five, five free play or ten free play. And all you do for a players club is you give them your your license, yep. your ID. They yep. swipe you. You're in their system, so you can never join again. We've tried, and they trust me. They they know yep. uh, that you'll never join again. And you also got to say, remember to say, don't put me on your mailing list because you see my address. <laughs> my address is still my parents' address, and I haven't lived there for a long time. Oh yeah, so much you're getting things from Harrah's and Caesars, <laughs> exactly. and yeah, exactly. the, oh yeah, I know. It's like I'm already. It's already bad enough that I send all of like my biz, business for the band documents to my mom's house. Like, how much worse would it be if she's getting Harrah stuff? So you say, don't put <laughs> put them on the mailing list, and then a lot of these places let you spin a wheel, uh, and yeah. the wheel will land on like what you get for joining. And so one time we did it, and we all struck out and got like free hats, and we were pissed. And, but we were wearing them, of course. So we were mad wearing the hats that we got for free. It was, it was probably the most, the most first world problem I'll ever say. And then um, one of our guys spins, and he gets a 500 free play. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so um, the, the free play is just like a little like a little plastic like uh, hotel key card. You know, you insert it into the thing, you put in your pen, and then it uploads the, this um, fictitious point money to the to the machine. And then whatever you make from there is real. So yeah. you're not gambling any of your own money. Uh, and you're just gambling the, the money that the house gave you. Yep. And uh, so there's this machine called Queen of the Wild 2. Okay. <laughs> I know it. I'm a yeah, gambler, queen- dude. I know it. With okay, the na- it's got so like the naked. The it's got like the naked Amazon chick on it. I know exactly. why you started yes. playing that machine she's the wearing, first time. Yes, she's wearing. She's, she's she's wearing not a lot of clothes. No, and, she, and it's like it's like a leopard or cheetah print. And there's a gorilla nearby. And uh, so so that machine, um, Alex, our drummer, was like just uh, hitting the max but because obviously we're trying to get out of there we don't care about gambling so he was just max betting and he hits the jackpot and got like 30 free spins and we and he made like uh five hundred dollars or no he made eight hundred dollars and we have a rule this is very socialist it's funny so we went from yeah. communist to capitalist now to socialist um very socialist very canadian you could say of us just kidding sure um, i don't know maybe sure. kind of well yeah um, we, we, we go all we split because it makes it more fun and it makes it more of a camaraderie thing. So, of course, we all bummed out. But then we uh, we ended up all getting like 180 bucks because Alex was kind enough to submit himself to the socialist agenda. So ever since then, it's always been like we do this free play life hack and everyone strikes out. And then one guy, even me, I, I one time got lucky and won a few hundred in, in this place in Philadelphia. But it, it's amazing. So if, if you're a DIY tour, yeah. you're a DIY band on tour. You know, you're like us, and you call Chick Fil A's and Chipotle's for free food. Um, this is a, this is a great hack. You know, it's like you, you get you get free money. A lot of times they have coffee, uh, free coffee. Oh yeah, they almost soda. always have free soda and free coffee, and sometimes even they'll have a big discount on food. And sometimes oh, you yeah. know, yeah. So for for a player, you know, a players club, like oh yeah, one, the food is usually cheaper at a, a casino. Buffet. Yeah, it's yeah. Sometimes free buffet, and sometimes it'll be like oh half price or twenty five percent off for members. And usually in a casino. Yep. Food is, is already pretty cheap, so. Exactly. And yeah. it's like that stuff along with uh, RIFO, which is a really cool housing organization, uh, Rocker Face Off, I think is what it, they started it for. But it's been around forever. RIFO.org is the group that you join in, like, it's just houses of really nice families across America who are just, you know, a lot of times their kids have gone to college or they just live in a huge house and they let bands crash with them. So it's like, you know, crashing with friends or cra- crashing with RIFO families and, uh, yeah. doing little silly things. It's definitely what kept us alive because yeah. from 2012 to 2015, we, we you know, uh, no one personally made a single dollar from tour. And the goal was just to like make sure that we broke even enough that we could go on the next tour, you know? No, I, I remember that too, um, you know, being a young band and we weren't as savvy as you guys. How does the free food thing work, by the way? I think some people are going to oh, are gonna wonder how that works. Totally. Um so the reason I said Chick-fil-A and Chipotle is because typically uh, they're, they're a little more close to the ground as far as like, you know, there's, there's always a manager there. And a lot of times they're able to like call shots. A lot of times there's a, a franchise owner there. And so we just call them and we say, hey, you know, we're a small band from California. Uh, we've been out on the road for this many weeks. And, uh, you know, especially back then, we're like, hey, like we don't really know if we're going to have enough money to eat tonight. And that was true, you know. Um, and like, you know, it's kind of a guilt trip to be honest, like those Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> videos where they're showing like puppies and they're like, do you hate puppies? And like, they're showing puppies and everyone's like, oh my gosh, take all my money. So we, we would just kind of give, tell them what's up. And, uh, I, you know, Chick-fil-A's and Chipotle's were definitely 
the only two like national chains that we found a lot of uh, people were saying yes. And, and usually it is the South. The, the Southern hospitality thing's quite real. It's really hard to get free food in the Northeast uh, United States, I find, when you compare it with like Oklahoma or Texas. And, uh, you know, uh, that's, I guess, a, a sociological question for another time. But yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah a lot of free food. You just kind of, you just level with them, honestly. And um, you play the Christian, I mean, you play the Christian band card with with that Chick Fil A. Does that work? You know, I would like to be the cool guy on the podcast. He's like, no, we would never, we would never. Do that. No, yes, we have. Um, <laughs> I will. Uh, it's. Uh, it, I mean, you know, because I, I I am a Christian, and so I guess I I don't feel too bad saying it. But it's like I also I, I'll just like yeah, like Chick Fil A's. I think we found uh, sometimes would respond to that because it has like I guess some Christian. Leanings yep. to it or whatever, uh, and uh, I think you know. Uh, I mean, each guy like if if Mitch in our band calls, like he's not going to say that, you know. But like I, I will right. uh, probably. Right. I, I, I kind of honestly just depends on it. it one time, someone's like sounded really sketched out, and this is like probably really lame of me, but I was like, you know, I honestly just got my master's. It was like a long time ago. I was like, I got my master's degree last week. I promise, like I'm not. Like, I'm not trying to use your chicken for drugs if that was even possible. You know, I'm like, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to, you know, make ends meet and do, do what I'm passionate about. Um, but it's, it's always interesting. The conversations, uh, we definitely sometimes people yell at you and they're just like, Hey, grow up, you know, get, get a real job. But, um, for the most part, Damn. those two organizations are full of really nice people. Recently, dude, we got that free uh, Taco Bell thing, the feed the beat. Oh yeah. Where they be like, and it's funny because I don't know if you know, but when they send it to you, it's a hundred five dollar cards. Yeah, we ha- we we got it before too. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah, I've had yeah, it before. It, yeah, we had it. I still have those cards have kicking Canada, around. Do they? Do they uh, have Taco Bell? We have, few, right? Yeah, we no, we have Taco Bell. It's it's uh, it's it's there's definitely not anywhere near as many as the U.S., but it's it's pretty prevalent. Okay. But I don't know if the so, cards work in in Canada. We have we have I, fries in, at Taco Bell in Canada though. Oh, that's awesome. We have fries. Man, yeah. that. that that makes it like the ultimate stoner goes here. Right, you get there. a fry it's supreme. Like, it's like, and they have fries. Yeah, fry supreme with like all the stuff that's on nacho supreme, but on fries. <laughs> it's kind of like a Mexican yeah. poutine. It works. You know, it's uh, it, Del Taco is is the one that does that in America. Yeah, oh, I love, I love Del Taco. You know, Del Taco is a very divisive conversation, man. I have found some people just hate it. I think it's incredible because you can get a full meal for like three fifty, which is pretty amazing. And they've they've stepped up their game. Like some of the new stuff, they've got like like avocado and like yeah, you know, it's not your it's not your father's Del Taco, you know. No, it is not. No, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's it's a edgy Del Taco. But yeah, so I feel like we've talked about the most uh, the most. This has been like the DIY conversation. Well, I love that, but I love that about you. And, and I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest. You guys did win the Underground Band Award at That's the right. APMA. I was, caught, I was which... caught pooping. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Did you hear about that? <laughs> I was drunk off my ass, dude. I oh, fuck. <laughs> I yeah. I, to... I implore you to watch the video because like they have like isolated segment videos for each like <laughs> award winner. So I kid you not. So like. I thought Knox Loose was going to win because uh, that band is, is you know, uh, way more popular, at least currently, than we are. Um, you know, they blew up. Like, they're the biggest thing to happen in hardcore music in a really long time. And so, like, that band's massively popular. And, um, you know, I mean, I think we posted about it once. Like, as a band, hey, we're, we're, you know, I just, we, we didn't, you know, it's not something that, like, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. There, it, it wasn't something okay. that we thought we would win. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, all good. I'm very honored to be on the nomination. I was just stoked when we got nominated because, like, the business part of me thinks, oh, you know, some new people will be exposed to our name. And that's cool. And so um, we, we, we were planning not to go to the award show. And, and not to be rude, but, like, we're, we're a very boring, basic band. Like, all the guys were, you know, Thomas, like, wanted to fly home and see his wife yeah, on the off day. Sure, and, like, sure. and so it was um, – but but uh, we we got a message saying oh you should really go to this and we thought oh well maybe but, but anyways um, I was still pretty sure Knock Loose was going to win because like I really think that uh, they deserved it in a lot of ways and Movements was up for it too who like that band's blowing up and they're such a great band also from Orange County and so it was there's all these you know uh, different groups up there and so uh, I uh, I just they were like hey you know stand out here they're going to call it in five minutes and so I just went to the bathroom and. Uh, I hear someone yelling, where's Garrett? So I kind of pinch it off. And, uh, and, and, um, the first person I see is, uh, Cam from Beartooth. And Cam's like, I, you should probably go on stage. You just won an award. And he's like, he's very like, matter of fact. <laughs> that's about totally it. Like, him, him to, though. Yeah, like, that's like his personality. I could picture up. him saying that. That's so funny. It, it, wait, wait, they had you, they had you come down. It like, in case you won, like all the bands were down there. They, they had us stand like in the lobby. Um, were the other bands there too, or or just you guys? I, I didn't see other bands, but the, the, yeah, like, I think I moved, think that that was the clue right there. Th- th- that probably should have been, but uh, honestly, like I, I was told that other bands were in other areas, so I think they might have tricked us there. And on top of that, yeah, um, yeah. we, uh, I mean, I just we you know we weren't dressed up. We, we just weren't. I don't know. It just wasn't really a thing that we thought about. So I went to go take a poop, and you know they call it. And so you should really watch the segment on YouTube. Because um, what you see is they announce it, and, and, and like it's like uh, the, the dude from the gospel choir announced it. Um, and they, they're playing that kind of cheesy, repeating like guitar riff. It's like, and it goes for like a minute. I kid you not. It is really awkward. And then, like, eventually, the gospel youth guy's like, um, Silent Planet, uh, can you please come on stage? And then it keeps going for another minute, and it's just really awkward. Like, and uh, f- finally, like, you'll see me, like, sprinting up the aisle, I think. And I'm in my bare feet, and I'm wearing, like, the hundred shorts that I wore for, like, six weeks in a row. And it was just uh, very, all very, very silly. And, and I guess right. it, it ended up it ended up being, like, as someone told me, like, oh, however many thousand people voted for us and, like, knocked loose, it was, like, almost the exact same number. And it was, like, quite close. And it was one of those things where it was, like, you know, it, it was nice that people voted for it, but I also don't know what best underground band actually means. You well, know? So, I, I think you're very deserved as the best underground band. I mean, everything we've talked about, you know, is, you know, you guys taking the reins on your own career, doing the merch thing. Call, like, I don't know anybody that, that goes to casinos and doesn't just, like, get <laughs> drunk and, you know, waste their band money, not, like, make band money. So I think Dude, I, I think I've, you I've guys are very, very... Like uh, band money. And like my my really boring band dad side like had a conniption fit. Sure, I was yeah. just like, what people have actually you know like because I've yeah I've always when I see casinos I literally think like oh it's a little you know free drinks and some free money you know yeah well that's true too yeah the drinks is uh, another thing too in certain not every casino but most of them. Um, <laughs> But yeah, please watch that video. It's very. I, 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 I definitely will, awkward. and I encourage everyone listening I, to this to check it out. I have, so. I, I have nothing to say, and this guitar riff 
oh, that's on a five-second loop plays at least like 50 <laughs> times. It is really, really awkward, like something out of a Will Ferrell movie. So, yeah. Well, uh, before I let you go, I want to talk I, – yeah. I know we've been talking for a while, but I want to talk a lot about, you know, your – just kind of where you are as a band in, in your career. I mean, you guys have had your second record. When we talked, I think it had just come out. Uh, maybe not – no, yeah. when we talked, I don't no, think it, it had come to- out. It hadn't it come out yet. Yeah, right, right. I remember we were about to go on Warp Tour, and you're like, "Dude, you're gonna have an insanely bad time being in a van." And you were right; it was really rough. Well, then, but then you did it again, so it couldn't have been that bad. But but to be fair, we didn't have AC in 2016. Whereas 2017, we had a vehicle that had AC, so oh that was an upgrade. That's I can't. That's what's like, dude. We have to move on. I can't even. I'm having a conniption fit now. Okay. But uh, but no, you you know you guys have this record. It's it's not a sophomore slump. You know, people love this record. You guys are doing really well. You've had a lot of tours. Um, you know, and, and now you've started to develop a fan base. And I remember the last time we talked, and I didn't, to be to be f- pretty honest with you, like, you know, I didn't know your band as definitely not nearly as well as I do now. Yeah. And you kind of wrote yourself off as not a musician. You said that verbatim. You said you were not a musician. <laughs> and um, you guys really seemed like a band that was just sort of like, we don't deserve to be here. Like we're gonna try to take these support tours. We're gonna hustle like we do a Chick Fil A. Now, <laughs> you guys are a legit band. You guys have fans. You guys are, are head. You, how would the head? You guys did some headlining dates. I want to know we how did. that was. Oh man, uh, you it know, was really fun. And, and, and yeah. more importantly, as a person, now you've gone through this, Garrett. You deserve to be there. Like you're the guy, you deserve to be there. You did before, but now you there's there should be no question in your own mind that you do. So how's that all been for you transitioning now to to you know uh, uh, just in a year and a half from a baby band to definitely not a baby band anymore? Man, well, that, first of all, that's really that's really kind of you. And if if and if you're listening to this, it's like you know. That's Shane from Silverstein saying that. So that's that's really special to me, seriously. And and so all my guys will hear that. I'm uh, on my this, second beer, so you. there's just you know, <laughs> don't believe everything I say. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're like, I get you sober, and you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, like write a better album. Uh, but no, it's um, it's it's been really humbling. You know, I I, I do believe. Uh, I guess it's my spiritual and, and belief as a Christian. Sola fide, sola gratia. So I, I believe. You know, I only have. Uh, you know, all, all I have is faith, uh, and uh, um, that's only by you grace. have faith, and, so, and, so and you I, have your business sense, and you have all the books you've read, and all the literature, and your education. Yep, go, go on. So, I know, man. So, I know, but I, you know, I, I, I'll call you out when I have to. <laughs> it's, it's. I, I think for me, you know, it's, re- it's been this incredible like experience kind of trying to develop a community we were able to do a headliner uh, we, we let our listeners pick the songs that was really fun and in a really like cool way to try to connect um we got to do a vip thing that uh was just more of like a kind of hangout and a q a thing and uh bd for that and uh it, it was cool to try to be as intentional at a show as we would like to be because sometimes when you're on a support tour you know, you just kind of get your 30 minute set and, you know, you, you're, you're really in someone else's show. And so you don't want to take up too much space or make things about you. Um, whereas on a headlining show, you really get to try to like express what makes your band you. Absolutely. And, and so, that was what I was going to ask you is, you know, now, now you're able to educate and further your message. Yeah, it's, it's, it is very, um, 
Yeah, it's it's been a challenge for sure because sometimes you're like, oh man, I have so much to say. Then you get a chance and you're like, oh wait, do I really have that much to say? Or um, there's other there's also just uh, sometimes just running into the finite things. Like I wanted to do this insane floral backdrop with like water recycling through it, and then I just realized like, yeah, we're, we are not. Um, you know, we are not the biggest band. We, You're not we, quite a day to remember limits. quite yet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we can't have our and so, and so you know, like scaling that back and yeah. um, ended up building these flower walls that we ended up leaving at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis. And to this day, they still use them, which is awesome. <laughs> cool, so kind of sure. worked out. And that's a venue we love. So it's like a little gift to them, I guess. But it was um, it's it's definitely been a process and it's been humbling. And, and we have. You know, uh, it's funny. I'm at this merch place uh, that, that we uh, work with a lot. Uh, absolute merch. And um, when I'm home from tour, I don't really have a place that I can call home. So I kind of like almost call this office home. And, and um, it, it's funny because I, I talked to a few of the people who do support emails here. And, and they've said that like, you know, your listeners like stand out. It's just like really understanding nice people. And it's a small thing, but like, I, I really do hope that like, you know, people like I, I've met people, you know, and I know you have too, I'm sure with Silverstein who have like met their future spouse on, yeah. on at one of our shows or they've, sure. they've just in general, like found other friends or they just were like at a metal show for the first time, but it wasn't hostile and people weren't trying to prove a point with aggression. And that's really, you know, that's the hope, I guess, is that people can have a genuine uh, experience and that, yeah. you know, I, I guess some folks are picking up what we're trying to get. And, you know, they say like it's the law of attraction. Maybe we're kind of attracting uh, the, the folks who, who really can, I get into the message that we have uh, of peace and hope, but also like uh, I think the difficulty that um, sometimes when you want to understand things or when you want to like delve into difficult subjects, it's going to require some pain and it's going to require some like self-sacrifice. Um, yeah. and, and it's been really neat meeting people who are willing to get into that and, and trying to write songs for them. And, and so like, I'm writing a song right now about um, heroin addiction because I've met so many young people at our shows, especially recently and especially in the middle of America, um, yeah. who are really fighting for their lives. And they're, they're 20 years old and they're dependent on a substance that can kill them, you know, at any point. Yeah. And uh, so it's like trying to, trying to write about that. And so that that can be like more of a dialogue because I always, you know, and it's very probably gentrified of me, but I always thought of heroin as like something that I don't know, people, you know, on their really last leg of, of are into not, not someone who like looks on the outside, like they have their life together yeah. and is, you know, going through college and has a relationship. Like I, people from all walks of life are struggling with that, especially because of how it starts with the pharmaceutical industry. You yeah, know? You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I've watched so. some documentaries about it and it, it really is fucking fucked up. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, that's, hell, yeah. sorry, that's a dark note. No, no. I mean, I mean, you know, we're getting a little off track, you know, um, you know, trying to talk about, you know, your, your music and stuff. I understand the relationship with your fans is one thing, but, you know, as, as just yourself, like, you know, how, how have you changed, you know, in the last year and a half? Hmm. Um, Isn't it amazing you can be so aware of so many things and not yourself? <laughs> Isn't that yeah, amazing, that though? It kind of is. You know, I, I think it's, it's I, I think with my music especially, I, it's been a pretty external in a lot of ways like a lot yeah. of historical stuff or a lot of other people's stories and um i think this album's going to come a little closer uh to home for me in a few ways uh definitely 
I, I guess transitioning in adulthood, you know, like the, the, the gap between being, you know, 24 and you're like doing a lot of touring now being like 27 and being like an old, you know, like being an older dude on like some of these tours. Like, well, it tours. happens so quick. Yeah. You, all of a sudden you feel like the young new band and then all of a sudden you feel like the old guy. It's like, when were you average? You know? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think you guys are pretty, probably pretty average right now, but you, you might feel a little old. From <laughs> it the, feels a little old. The wear and well, tear. I, I think we, especially being an American, you know, we're, I'm in a society, uh, and I'm sure Canada's not too different, that idolizes youth. That really, like, youth, youth is the goal, you know? I mean, almost any pop star or pop music, it all circles around, like, I'm youthful. You know, it's young. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, there's, I mean, obviously, we're, we're incredibly afraid of death, you know, as, as a society. And I, I, I think it's natural for people to fear death, but I really do think, if you look at like anti like anti aging is like a you know billion trillion dollar industry mm-hmm, yeah you know it's like we we're afraid of death and any anything associated with death you know it doesn't even have to be death itself just anything that looks like aging and we're so afraid of it and elderly folks are you know kind of quarantined a lot of times into these homes um, which South Park recently made an episode about that made them look more like prisons but um. You know, it's like we, we like we push the age away. That's actually another thing I'm writing about. And sorry to get off tra- topic, but I guess I, I'm learning, I guess, what it means to be older. And I, I'm still a single dude. You know, I'm still trying to figure out relationships and yeah. I'm still trying to figure out uh, what home looks like. And yeah. I'm trying to be more intentional with my time because you realize how valuable time is. And um you know, I, I, we started making a little bit of money. And so now I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, do the money thing and, um, <laughs> right. and, uh, you know, not just keep it in a sock in a drawer at my mom's house, you know? Um, so it's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of, I, I there's, there's lessons I'm learning, but above all, you know, we're, we're right. We're writing a new record and we're recording it really soon. So that's my primary kind of obsession right now for sure and, and do you think the new record like what's your approach uh, um you know obviously there's the musical side there's your you know and there's the lyrical side are you kind of going trying to make a natural progression from the last record or do you feel like you kind of guys kind of need to consciously change uh what I you're think, doing i think it's a i think it's a progression for sure i think yeah. you know um uh, w- some of the people who were involved in the writing of, of, of the album, namely our older guitar player, Spencer, aren't a part of it, but, but still the, the, a lot of the core still is, you know, Alex and Thomas and Mitch and myself. And so I think, I think we're, we're going to grow off of what we did previously. It's still going to be a lot of stories, but I think the the theme that kind of holds this album together is much more abstract and like, cause I think the last time you could say, Oh, mental illness, mental health, you know, that, that, that sums up. And this one's like, if anything, it's just like the existential crisis. It's like, it's about loss. It's about time. It's about uh, space. It's, it's about like the more conceptual framework. Because I, I guess that's like, at first it was history. And I, I was in the past and it was mental health, which was very much the present. And now it's kind of, uh, this is like the future album for me almost. Um, right. Even though sometimes I'll look to the past and, if there's any story that sums it up for me on this album, it's probably the Tower of Babel, um, which is like, you, have you heard of the Tower of Babel? It's in, it's like an old biblical story in Genesis. Um, it's, I feel it's, like you talked about this last time. <laughs> I, I very much might have because it's Babel. Babel was on my mind a lot, but I didn't really get it out, and it became more about yeah. mental illness. But it's like, 
this idea that, you know, humans are building a tower to get to heaven, you know, and then, um, God says, uh, come, you know, let us give them language so as to confuse them. And first of all, the let us thing is probably a problem for a lot of monotheists, but there's a lot of things in the Bible that a lot of people who say they believe in the Bible don't want to actually talk about. But um, there's that. And, and then, you know, it's like language is a device that divides people. And uh, did you see that movie Arrival? It came out I did. Last year? Yes, I did see that. Yeah. I mean, that that's basically a modern retelling of Babel in a lot of ways. Oh, interesting. I think. And it, because it's like the language was so divisive among all the people groups of this world, you know, one person heard tool, one person heard gift, one person heard weapon, you know, for yeah. all the same symbol. Right. And, uh, but you know, language really is what defines it. And I, I've got into the uh, semiotics and I'm not going to talk your ear off. It's just, is it, I, I, I've started to read about semi- semiotics and the language of our imaginations, you know, do you think within a language? Does the language that you speak, is that the walls of your imagination? How do you break out of those walls? Um, you know, uh, there's um, a psychotherapist that I'm heavily, um, you know, like kind of following after his work right now named Lacan. And he basically believed, as a Freudian, he believed that like a lot of, there is the subconscious, but a lot of what, like the subconscious is where language uh, has not yet reached. Right. And so as humans... He's like, you know, we're, we're struggling with the subconscious because it's like the thoughts and the beliefs and these innate desires that like our, our, our human language hasn't grasped yet. Because I think you'd be a fool to think like there's a word for everything. I mean, because, you know, we're of course not. No, there's and, already and words in other languages that like, you know, German, especially I know you're going to be going yeah. there that they have all, all these words for things that, that we don't have words for. Exactly. Schadenfreude, yeah. you know, yeah, the, right. the word yep. in German, you know, I yep, take pleasure I in someone else's pain. Yeah. And it's like, and so it's like these, I, I think that's something I've, I've really been grappling with was like how language sometimes can just be, it can be so limiting. And, it can, and especially, you know, you talk about God, like I, I believe in God, but every word I speak about God will be limiting. It'll be anthropomorphic. It'll make God mm-hmm. into a person. Cause if I actually believe that God's the creator of the universe and et cetera, et cetera, you know, um, omnipotent and, and, and benevolent and benevolent, then you would imagine that, uh, you know, I, I'm going to run into problems talking about a being that isn't, I mean, a lot of people say isn't even a being, but talking about like the essence of everything and then just using language like, Oh, he, you know, right. Well, like, that's the thing, though. The, 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 you know, the literal nature of language has gotten us into so much trouble. You know, uh, oh yeah. You know, as 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 you know, different religions and and societally. I mean, that's that's where so much comes from, and so much of conflict is misunderstanding. Yeah. You know. And, oh yeah. And that's what language is like. It, you know, it's it's a it's a way to try to understand each other and try to communicate, but it's not perfect. It isn't perfect, and and I'm so mo- I'm just so blown away by by the story of Babel. He says, "Let us give them language so as to confuse them." Yeah. And like, part of me wants to be like, 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 w- would there be another way to communicate? Almost, you know. And right. uh, uh, man, there's yeah. So I, I right. guess that's some some stuff, and you'll you'll hear me yelling angsty about it on our next <laughs> record. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Any idea when it's going to come out? Um, it'll be next year and that's like a super cop out, but I honestly, no, it's not, it's not, I, it's, it's never easy to know, you know? Exactly. Exactly. We, it could be out like it'll, 
it, it's we're recording it on pretty much the exact same timeline as our previous record, so it could come out in the summer. It's possible, um, but it's also very possible that um, you know, like a lot of bands, we'll probably maybe wait till we have like a tour that really feels like the right time to put it out. And um, yeah. the, the, the exciting thing is this time being, you know, maybe we can actually be headlining when we're doing it, uh, you know, and so that we can really flesh out the album in like a creative way and give people who are at those shows like a unique understanding of what the album's about, you know. No, so that, that's the goal. That's the goal. But that sounds very uh, artsy and pretentious. So <laughs> No, it's okay. So um, and you're heading back to Europe with Stick to Your Guns very, very, very soon. In um, eight hours, and ten yeah. hours. Oh wow, damn! Really soon. Okay, cool. Yeah. Dude, yeah, go get some, go get some Del Taco on the way home or something, man. Oh, dude, I, I already have this authentic <laughs> Mexican food. I have this pizza. Yeah, I, I, it's all here. Uh, and, what are you, uh, what are you looking forward most to, uh, to on that tour? Um, and yeah, what's your takeaway going to be? I mean, I, I know it's not your first time there. Uh, you know, I, but, I'm going to you know, sound like you're probably getting more and more comfortable being there. You know, yeah, it, it's funny though because we still. We, we haven't, I don't think we have much of a following in Europe. Um, I will say Stick to Your Guns has, I don't know if you know this, but um, they were always popular in Europe for sure. Yeah, I but know they, they do just, well. They, they just hit a critical mass. Dude, they're selling out like 2,000 cap rooms. Yeah. And so like this tour, we're very, very, very fortunate to be on it. Very thankful to, you know, the Stick to Your Guns dudes for taking us out on it. Because on top of that, being as an ocean's on that too, and yeah, um, no, it's a and, great tour. I was very impressed when I saw the the. I was actually at uh, in Wiesbaden, uh, like just hanging out oh, really? outside. Yeah, I don't know if you know that that it's cool. I like Wiesbaden, and they have like this kind of complex with the two venues and the train stations there. And I saw your po- like the poster for for Stig, and I was like, I was like, oh shit! And then I looked at the bands, and I was like, oh my god, this tour is amazing. So I was very impressed. Dude, it's funny, and you're going out to England uh, to to the UK. Yep. With uh, the boys in Hail the Sun, who yeah. are like our best friends, they cool. were they were the direct support band on our headliner, and uh, um, they were just I mean just like they're my band's favorite band. So like them and the Contortionist probably like cool. and, and so when 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 we saw them on Warp Tour in 2016, we were like uh, our agents said, hey, do you want a headline next year? We're like, yeah, only if Hail the Sun's down. <laughs> To like you know <laughs> right. to support it because just watching a band that you like are obsessed with every night. I mean, you know how that is. Sure. Who, who's that for you? What, what's a tour that you've done where you were like more excited maybe to watch the band on the tour play than than your own set? Uh oh, geez, that's a great question. I uh, I don't know. Most of the time, I mean, my favorite band ever is this band called Grade from our hometown. And anytime we've done shows with them, it's always been like more about them than our show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember when we did some shows with Let Live, and oh, and so Let cool. Live, Let Live, just like they blew my mind every night. Like I was amazing. Like, I, and, and another band is the Chariot. Uh, oh yeah, the Chariot. I had to watch them every day. Like, so are you stoked it, on the Fever? <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't actually like heard it yet. I, I was talking to Jason. I was trying to get him back. I think we're going to do another episode at some point. Um, but it's cool that they're doing it, and and uh, and Stevis from the Chariot is is my dude. So, yeah, there you go, the Chariot and Lit Live. You know, so that's gonna be my I, favorite band ever. I actually got to see their for, uh, their first like venue show at the Roxy. Um, oh, cool! Like a couple months ago, yeah. Donovan actually from Hail the Sun just like hit me up. He said I have an extra ticket, and it was like so nice of him because the tickets. I don't know if you know they were three thirty three because like three thirty three is a big part of their imagery. So the tickets were 333 at the Roxy and they sold it out and it was nuts. And 
half the people there were like label A&Rs who were like trying to figure them out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like Travis, but, every time I like, I like see their posts on Instagram, I see like Travis Barker's like commenting and stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be like, oh, yeah. I'm like, is this going to be the next Rage Against the Machine? You know what I mean? Uh, the hype is like, is definitely real. I, I could see it. Honestly, it, it feels like Rage Against the Machine, but with more like intentional hip hop kind of stuff. Yeah. And also more like, because obviously Jason's so diverse vocally, like some real like, you know, potentially like rock hit choruses. Yeah. So, you know, it has, has, has the versatility and kind of, you know, could do that. Um, I have one question for you before we go. Yeah, <laughs> sure, man. Australia. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Australia so badly. What is, and I'm, I'm not putting you on the spot here and making you take our band to Australia, but I am asking you, um, how are we going to get to Australia? Dude. And if you're Australian, hi. Uh, hi, hi, Australians. Yes. Um, I mean, I would love to have you guys. We're actually planning a tour very soon, and it's going to be announced. And I don't know if we have a support band, uh, so maybe I need to off the record talk to you. Uh, if, how, uh, how funny would that be? Uh, but no, it, I, it's I a, promise it's a I'm good not tour. trying to put you on. No, the no, spot. no. It's, it's a really. Let me finish. It's a. It's a really good tour, and I mean, if you guys wanted to come, I mean, if you guys can hustle your way, I don't. I don't think they have Chick Fil A or Chipotle in Australia, <laughs> but uh, you know. Uh, it, you know, I I don't think it would be that hard for you guys to go. I, mean, I know I know you guys have played fucking China before, so I'm have, I'm surprised yeah. you guys are having trouble getting in getting down to Australia. Like it's there's a lot of great promoters and a lot of great stuff happening, and I think you guys would do fine down there. Like probably really well down there. Well, you know, you, you'll hear it on this podcast probably only. I made an Instagram post the other day saying we're going to Australia next year, and the truth is I don't have a tour lined up. I, that was just me sort of like throwing the ball ahead of myself and now yeah. i gotta go chase it right so i'm like that's like i, I want to go there i want to go back to asia because it, it will have been a while i want you know like south korea philippines like i mean there's so wow. many cool spots that would be amazing to play well man uh I, I don't think it'll be that difficult for you guys to, to to do it and i think uh your band is is on the up and up and and dude thanks for taking the time and dude of course ha- thanks for the, having me have the best time in europe uh, on a great tour, and I, I think like this is the kind of tour you guys need, and um, yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, LP number three. I'm excited. Really, really appreciate it. Um, your recent album is incredible. Thank uh, you, man. Really, yeah. So, thank you. Well, dude, I'll let you go. Get some rest, and uh, yeah, all the best, Garrett. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Cheers, dude. Bye. So there it is with Garrett, one of the best. Uh, so entertaining and, and entertaining, but so thought provoking at the same time, which is why I love talking to him. And thank you so much, Garrett, for coming back on the show again. If you're in Europe right now, you got a few more days to catch them. If you're German, if you're Austrian, if you're Swiss, they're coming. I think they're in Stuttgart tonight. Uh, and it's a band you got to see on a great tour. So go see Silent Planet, go pick up their merch, buy their records, support them because they are incredible. And don't think about calling Chick-fil-A with your buddies and tell them you're in a band, okay? That's bad, 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 bad. Don't do that. Do not do that. Next week, we will be back with another episode, another doozy, another great one, and one I know you guys are not going to want to miss. So make sure you're subscribed, whatever you're listening to this on. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's your computer. I don't know. I don't know. However you listen to it, there's a subscribe button somewhere. So click it so that you keep it coming all the time. Also remember to support me. Check out the All Access Club 
It really is the best way to help out. And also, if you like the show, feel free to write a review on iTunes as well. Preferably five stars. All right. I'm going to leave you with the tune as always. Their whole record is great, but I'm going to go with this one. Their last single they released, Understanding Love is Loss. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next week. Searching for silence in a dark September.